1: Chase Thomas podcast, the Chase Thomas podcast, (laughs) Um, (laughs) my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it, I hate it. All right, it's Tuesday, the Braves are not playing in tonight's game one of the MLB World Series, no, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, as we rightfully refer to them on Jonathan Taylor Thomas Talks, Major League Baseball World Series Preview Edition Special. (sighs) <sighs> John, you're not going to believe this, but uh, the best team in the AL and the best team in the NL made the championship game. Who would have thunk it? It's the the boyhood dream has come true.
0: Absolutely crazy, right? We especially because like extend expanded playoffs. I think nobody assumed we would actually get the two number one seeds, but here we are.
1: It's kind of like March Madness, right? Where people freak out about upsets. In round one and round two, and it's fun seeing the Buzzer Beaters, the George Masons, the Vermont catamounts of the world. But they don't make it through. It, it always evens out by the time you get to the final four in the championship game. It's always the Blue Bloods that survive at the end. The the top recruiting teams that end up getting through the gauntlet. The the Virginias make it through. The uh the the Kentuckys, the Dukes. They they find their way through, even if there are upsets at other points on the board. Um, ultimately having more teams in doesn't necessarily there's gonna be more chaos what it means is you're gonna have a more exciting round one and then things will start to mellow out and the best the best will will go at it and uh, I think that's what we're seeing uh, permeate into baseball with the expanded playoffs so that 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 is how I looked at it is that a fair assessment
0: yeah, I think it ended up – I know we, we, we've talked a fair amount that this ended up being kind of MLB's NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and I think the way you described it makes sense. Is like, you know, we had – you know, you have those kind of long-shot teams to get in, but, like, honestly and, – and I feel like I've asked this before, but you, you, you pay more attention to college basketball than I do. It feels like most years, if not all years, the tournament is pretty chalk. There are a few years where things are truly, truly nuts or where there's truly some, like – not just, like, like, is obviously we've had teams like George Washington, or um, what was the team with the nun?
1: Oh, uh, or, the Maryland uh, UMBC.
0: Or, or yeah, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of team to make deep runs, like um, mm. Cornell yeah. that one time. Um, obviously, Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. I think was it Loyola Marymount? Is that the team? That is it. it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Marymount.
1: And I was thinking of the other one, the Terriers, the UMBC Terriers. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, they're they're the ones who pulled off the sixteen-one upset. But like, sometimes you get the tournaments with those with those teams, the Cinderella teams, that make the deep run. But most of the time, it's like they're the last high seed left, or I guess low seed, whatever. They're the last double-digit seed left or, or number nine seed or whatever. Most, more often than not, like you get a final four where it's like they're two number one seeds, like a number three and maybe like a number seven or something, right? Yes. And I feel like that's what we got this year, too. We got, obviously, the two best teams in the American League and the National League and the Dodgers and the Rays. We got a Braves team that, you know, over the course of the season could make a pretty good case to be at no worse than the fourth best team in the National League, and I think pretty conclusively showed that they were the second best team in the National League to the Dodgers beyond maybe the... A healthy Padres, I think, is probably up there, too, but regardless.
1: You're splitting hairs at that point. They're all in the same category.
0: Yeah, and then we got an Astros team that, certainly by record did not look like a strong team. And I think we all kind of coming into the playoffs for like, they're really not actually very good, but then all their hitters started hitting again. And we're like, Oh right. This team has a stupid amount of talent, like hitting wise. And has also done really well pitching wise. And I just got to say, like, I know we never, we, we didn't really talk about the, the CSs as they were happening, but I just want to say now that they're both over, man, did dusty Baker manage his ass off. What a great series. Dusty Baker had, Proving once again how terrific of a manager he actually is. It's really sad that his one opportunity right now comes with this just appalling Astros franchise. <laughs> but man, he had a great series. I also thought. Well, uh, hold Ryan on, Jeff Knitter, was innocent.
1: In I don't know if you saw that today, but uh, he he did nothing wrong.
0: Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going near that. Okay. Like I, I don't. And I also thought Brian Snicker had a really good series in terms of losing managers. I thought he made all the right moves. Except I think.
1: for the A.J. Minter. I don't think A.J. Minter a- a. J. should have gone Minter, back in. I,
0: yeah, A.J. Minter in, in hindsight... Not using Will Smith. Like, why are you bringing in A.J. Minter to face two right-handed hitters, including Mookie Betts, and also Kike? You, you know Jock Peterson's going to get pinch hit for. And I, that, that was probably a mistake. I mean, I don't necessarily think that that... I don't know. I mean... Atlanta certainly had its chances before then, um, as we can go over in excruciating detail if you want. But regardless, I think the outcome is pretty NCAA tournament-esque in, in, the, in the final four that you had. And, you know, I think I, I haven't looked back at previous NCAA tournaments, and that would take too long right now. But, like, yeah, every now and then you do get two number one or at least two very high seeds going up against each other. And that's what we got. And so I think, I think you're right that kind of talent finds its level. I think the one worry you probably have with the expanded playoffs going forward, if this is a thing that major league baseball keeps, and I really hope it isn't is that even if the setup is, you know, like the, the Rays and Dodgers, neither of them had any trouble with the blue Jays or, or Brewers really respectively. But there's always that chance that in a two game in a best of three, it's so a really, really a two game series. You're going to get one of those super low seeds knocking out of a, a contender like the Dodgers. And, you know, that happens. It can happen. We've, we see it happen in the NBA. We've seen it happen in the NFL. We've seen it happen in the NCAA tournament. It happens. We see it happen in Major League Baseball. It's just there's no seeding. But otherwise, though, I think the extended playoffs have actually worked pretty well. I, I hope they don't stick around, but I do think that, you know, the fact that we got these two teams feels like a miracle, but also feels like, well, it, it really does feel very NCAA tournament-esque.
1: I think the big winner here is the play-in game. I don't want expanded playoffs, but I want. I'm okay with play-in games. I'm okay. We saw that in the playoff bubble, too.
0: So you're saying, like, just go back to the old setup where it's just a wild card game and then straight to the division series and the championship series. But I'm okay with.
1: Yeah, but I want, like, four wild card. Like, I I love the wild card Uh round. I thought that was good. The single-game elimination is fantastic because because I think there are a lot of those teams in that bottom end. None of them are going to really get ever going to make a run there'll be one or two years where they have that blip but like ultimately they're not going to survive but it is just incredibly fun to see a one game do or die make the postseason well, type then, thing
0: then, then maybe there is an idea there where it's like if only five teams make the playoffs maybe you add a wild card three Mm. And you make Wild Card three play play wild card two and then Wild the winner of that game plays Wild Card one and the winner of that game moves on to the division series. But I like that. I don't know. That that's a lot of extra baseball that they have to accommodate. Not a lot, but I also like it like we got lucky, I think, to a certain degree that like the Astros outperformed who they were during the regular season. Because the other teams that were kind of on their level in terms of record and performance really didn't do that much. Obviously the Brewers just disappeared immediately. The Blue Jays disappeared immediately. The Marlins knocked off the Cubs, but that Cubs team had a real paper tiger feel to it. And the Marlins then subsequently just got just blasted into space by the Braves. So none of those low seeds really did much of anything aside from Houston. Um, I think we all, we both agree that the White Sox could have been a team that could have gone further if they had gotten past Oakland. Um, I think you know, maybe they would have given the Astros a better series. Um, but ultimately it's like none of those like six, seven or eight teams really aside from Houston and for one round Miami really did anything. And so I, I guess that's the question is like, do you want to include those teams going forward, knowing that nine times out of 10, they're really not going to do much and that they're, they're just kind of there for the better team just to wipe them off the board. Um, we, and also, you know, while also taking the risk that maybe one of those teams get one of those teams gets hot and knocks out an actually good team, like would this would these playoffs have been really? What would these playoffs have looked like if the Brewers had somehow managed to upset the Dodgers? Would would that be better? I mean, it'd be maybe it'd be better for Braves fans because they would have faced I don't know uh, a a team that wasn't the Dodgers in the NLCS. I guess whoever else, the the Padres maybe. That actually would have been a lot of fun,
1: Braves Padres, but. I think every now and I then, know. I think it's okay. I think if that was the norm where it's just like, what is the point of the regular season if they just keep upending the great teams? But do I think it's good to have a little pressure there and like the hot, bad team all year? And like, I like blips. So if there are blip years where like one wild card team just runs gone, or you might have a situation where it's like, the Brewers get healthy because we we thought the Brewers were going to be probably like an NL Central favorite before the year, right? And if this was a normal season, they could have figured it out over the course of 162 games because they do still have a NL MVP front runner on that roster. And we still like a lot of their hitters. They're starting pitching, obviously, is a problem, but good bullpen, all that kind of stuff. They could have made more moves and really beefed that up. But if they had the season from hell, kind of like what the Nationals did, where they had that awful first half and then everything... Fell in the place and they won the title. I think that would be okay. Where it's like, just yeah, because that's, the. That's fair, do you get what I'm saying? System,
0: but I guess the old system does have that because obviously the Nationals won the World Series based on the old playoff system. You know, they beat the Brewers in the wild card game, they upset the Dodgers in the division series. And really, like, you think about it, like, how much of an upset is it with the team with Max Scharzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin win mm. the division series? Yeah. You know? The Dodgers had to face two of the, like, ten best pitchers on the planet plus Patrick Corbin in a short series. That wasn't going to be easy, even with what they had. But regardless, like, I, I mean, I I don't know what MLB is going to do going forward. I do get the sense that there's probably going to be some arguments among the league in favor of keeping the expanded playoffs, depending on, obviously, what the ratings look like, depending on what the money looks like, depending on a lot of different factors. Um, and of course there are probably going to be owners who want to keep it because they're going to want to get into the playoffs with less work than even than usual. Um, I, I guess my thing is like how much it's almost like, do we, I don't know if I, if we want to go back to that, especially with the course of 162 game season, especially because like I said, the teams that did get in via the back door, so to speak, aside from Houston, which maybe, maybe it just turns out that the Astros just had a bad 60 game stretch and they were actually better than they, than we thought they were, who knows? But they I mean, the other fact is the Astros are a a core that has won three pennants and a World Series in, or sorry, two pennants in a World Series in the last four years. They're just that's just they just have a good core where everyone just got hot at the right time because they're quality, capable major league hitters. Uh, cheating aside, so really, aside from Houston and again Miami for really all of two games, what did what did having those lower seeds in the postseason really get us? And it just doesn't feel like much like the wild card rounds were fine. But like, what were the good wild card rounds? Chicago, Oakland, I guess Miami, Chicago, if you liked, you know, the upset factor of it, um, San Diego, St. Louis was a great one. But on the other hand, then you have, again, the Rays just whomping on the Blue Jays and the Brewers and the Brewers not even making a dent in the Dodgers. Is that something we really need every year going forward is, is those number eight teams that are going to lose nine times out of 10, like I guess that's a, that's obviously a discussion that can be had whenever it is MLB what they want the playoffs to look like going forward. But I, it just feels to me like the expanded playoffs. I don't know if you could really say they worked or they didn't work because I don't really know what the point was other than getting more teams in the postseason. In that sense, in that in that uh, by that definition, they they obviously worked. I mean, they could not have worked. But did the expanded playoffs result in a better playoff field, a more exciting postseason, uh, something like that? I don't know if you can really say that because the teams that got in because of the expanded playoffs, Houston aside, didn't really do much of anything. You know, it's not like, again, it's not like one of them took out a, a legit title contender on the, on the way. Um, and then again, again, we ended up with the two number one seeds regardless. So it's almost like what's the point of the expanded playoffs beyond just getting more teams in so that more teams can make more money? I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see, like, when MLB decides to have the conversation about whether or not to keep it going
1: forward. Your best guess? Do they but keep I, I, it? I, I,
0: I do get what you're saying about the blip, though. You do want that excitement. I think people like the wild card game. They like the one game playoff. They like the do or die game. Obviously, games. You know the the functional equivalent of Game Seven is always nice.
1: I but also, it just makes managers have to manage it. their ass off. Like, I like the pressure because managers don't really do a whole lot during the season. And we always are just like, what, what all do managers really do in 2020? Guess what? One thing thing that definitely,
0: I think did make them manage differently and manage more. And you can argue whether or not it's a good or a bad thing is the lack of off days. Mm -hmm. And I would be really curious to see if that is a thing that I don't think it's, I don't think that part of the postseason is going to stay because I think more than anything, the lack of off days was one, because there was no need to travel. And two, because they just wanted to get through these things as quickly as possible because of COVID-related fears. So assuming a world where next October things are normal, you know, we'll, we'll get the off days again because we need travel days. But I definitely think that made a difference in terms of the, the, both managing and like how teams kind of survive. Because you, you see in, in the two teams that are left in the World Series, the Rays and the Dodgers are just the deepest of the teams left.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: they're, they're the teams that could survive playing seven games in seven days, which is insane. It's insane to think about that. Seven games in seven days in a championship series. Um, and got through because they just had more depth at the end of the day. Um, I mean, I, I think you saw, like, the way that Atlanta had to burn arms in game five. Like, Minter pitched great, but I really do think You know what would have been nice?
1: Lance Lynn. Cole Hamels. How about that? If Cole Hamels just existed on this team, wouldn't have been nice just to have one more arm. Like I think that decided and I, and the series. I, think, I really do. I really. Thinking we, back, that's what decided like imagine, the series.
0: Imagine if the Braves had more than two starters. If they if they didn't have to start Kyle Wright in Game Three. Yep. If they have been able to start someone who doesn't give up eleven runs in the first inning, and maybe Atlanta has a three zero series lead and it's over.
1: We're not talking about that <laughs> enough, and. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Braves are getting a pass for this because they were a great story and they were a lot of fun, but like, Braves fans are already what, like the I most think, insecure fan base in I Major think, League Baseball right think, now. And I
0: think they get a pass to a certain degree because Soroka got hurt. I think everyone understands that if Mike Soroka had not gotten hurt, this Braves team has way better of a chance against the Dodgers.
1: No one's disagreeing with that, but, but you have to react. You have to do something because he got injured.
0: That's fair. He and got I know we injured, about so you lot.
1: react. You do something know to alleviate that pain.
0: And that's fair, and I know we talked about that a lot during the season, is like Atlanta's got to do something because a rotation of Max Fried and question mark, question mark, question mark, does not really do it going forward. Like you can win the NL East without, because it turns out the NL East was just a dumpster fire, but you can't win a pennant with two starters. Like even though the Dodgers basically wanted with, like, two and, like, three-quarters starters. Yeah. Depending on how you want to define... I mean, Urias pitched really well in Game in game 3, and obviously he was a difference in Game 7 in his relief outing. But certainly, like, May and Gonsolin did not do, I think, what Los Angeles wanted them to do. And, like, both of these teams are going to have to bullpen game at least once, I believe. Like, LA, I don't think, has any plans set up for Game 2 right now. I would imagine it's probably going to be some combo of I don't even know, actually, because their Game 7 was on uh, on Saturday. Game 2 is on Wednesday. That's not a whole lot of rest for either of May or Gonsolin or Urias. But I mean, regardless, I mean, that's, a, that's a different topic. So, to speak. But I, I do think that, I mean, that, that is, I guess, it feels like then that is the natural end result of a bunch of series where there are no off days, is the two teams that have the most depth, especially the most pitching depth, and especially in Tampa's case, a really, really good bullpen they're the ones who naturally advance. Cause I think you saw that with Houston is that they just didn't have enough pitching. And you saw that with Atlanta too. They just didn't have enough pitching to make it count in the end. Um, and I do wonder like that game five for Atlanta, even though Minter pitched great and even though their bullpen pitched well, I do wonder what effect that had going forward. Of, uh, For example, a guy like Minter throwing three innings, which is way more than he normally throws what that made, like where, where he was at in terms of, you know, his, his, just general ability in game seven. And like we've already said, like Brian Snicker didn't put him in a position to succeed by said, by having his first batter be a lefty destroyer in Kike Hernandez, which he had to have seen coming. You know, you, you can't assume that Dave Roberts is going to let Jock Peterson hit against a lefty in what was that? The sixth inning, I yeah. believe. Yeah. You, you can't assume that, you know, when he, when you know he has Kike Hernandez on the bench, you have to assume that Peterson's coming out of that game and a righty is coming in. And like, and maybe that, I mean, maybe you don't feel much better about having a right-hander face Jock Peterson, but regardless, like, I mean, I do think that that is the, that I think was the managerial wrinkle that probably made a big difference, was just having to manage, like, no one gets a day off, no one gets a break, you know? And I think you see the end result is the two teams with the most depth make it through.
1: Yep. And I think Alex Anthopoulos in this front office should have to answer for not, not just doing a the Mike Miner or Lance land trade or somebody like that. I really think they're going to have to answer for why they didn't do that because Daryl Morey, who quit the rockets um, last week, he had this point and I, this is something that I agree with because he was one of the ones who went at the warriors where like the, the Dodgers are kind of warrior esque anyway and just their firepower and what they have there and just how long they've been on top and just how hard it is to beat them four out of seven times. But like if you think you have a 5% chance of winning the title you do whatever you can to win that title, right? And yeah. they did not do everything they possibly could have. That doesn't. That would not have upended their future. That would have not uh, destroyed their ye- this year. It wouldn't have been a crazy thing from the fan base. Everyone would have been okay with it and understood. Um, they did not go all the way in. And then they stumbled in and came so close. But this idea in sports is that like if you have a good foundation then you're going to be there for the next 10 years we think that sports is just easy like that where okay you've got this foundation they'll be back like i hate seeing they'll be back from sports fans and analysts and everything else it's like they'll be back it's like well maybe maybe not maybe that's it maybe this is their one shot maybe the nationals never get back to the world series they had their run they won it and now they're screwed and now they're gonna have to start trading pieces off and they're they're never getting back the Phillies thought, oh, maybe we'll get back. We we went all in with Holiday and Cliff Lee and everything. Maybe we'll get back. No, they haven't. And they've the rebuild has not gone well. This idea that you will always get back and that all these guys will be together and everyone will play. Freddie Freeman might tear his ACL next year. That's it. Like Ronald Acuna might hit the wall and knock himself, dislocate his shoulder in an important wildcard game. And that's it. You have no idea what's going to happen next year. You can plan for it. You hope. It's gonna be great. But chances are there's there's all kinds of outcomes that could happen. There are all kinds of reasons that the Braves never make the playoffs again with this group. I'm not saying I would bet on it, but it's a possibility. Freddie Freeman could oh, it's, fall it's, off a cliff. We have no it's idea.
0: Certainly, it's certainly a possibility, and I and I agree with you that, you know, when you have that window open, you go for it as hard as you yes. can. I mean, I do think that this Braves team should be back like I don't really think there's any question. Like Depending on what the rest of the NL East does, and I think the big, and obviously we can talk about this once the once the off season starts. I think the big wild card in the NL East is the Mets under Steve Cohen and whether or not they start spending the way they're supposed to spend. Um, but I mean, ultimately, like yeah, the, the core of this Braves team, talent wise, is both young and extremely good, and it's a smart front office run by smart people with a really good player development system. I mean, obviously, the thing that, you know, you and I have discussed back and forth is whether they will ever spend to the level that need that is required, or at least what you would imagine to be required to win a championship. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, but I, I agree with you on all those counts. That If you have that window open, you need to do what, everything in your power to make to make it stay open. I obviously think that the difference with the Braves as opposed to the Nationals or as opposed to even, say, like the Royals from a few years ago is that I don't really think... Bra- the Braves front office necessarily feels like this core is in a position where the window's only – I think they probably have kind of a Cubs-like view of things, a Cubs circa 2016 or maybe even 2015 view of things. Cubs 2015 may be even better. But I think well, – eh, maybe not because the Cubs in 2015, I think there was that general sense of they're not quite ready yet, but they're going to be really good, and they're going to win a title, and they did. Um, But I think maybe Atlanta is in a kind of similar mindset where it's like this team didn't win a championship, but it is championship caliber and we don't need to do anything big. We don't need to do anything splashy. We just need to build around the edges and add a couple extra pieces and we're set and we can debate what those couple extra pieces should be. And I think we both are in agreement that they need at least one more starter because even if Soroka does come back fully healthy next year, you know, and you have Soroka Freed Anderson, that's really good. You do need to like. I think if anything this year proved with the Braves, like you need to have those safety, those safety valves in place, or not valves, a uh, guardrails, or whatever. You need that backup. You need that depth because guys get hurt. Like you said, Freddie Freeman could blow out his knee tomorrow. Ronald Acuna could blow out his knee tomorrow. Like it, it could happen in any capacity. But I, I guess I just wonder how much urgency there would be on Atlanta's side to do that kind of big move, especially because like I, I you know, I like the example of of the Rockets of the Warriors, but obviously, and and you know this obviously the Rockets did what they did specifically to match up with Golden State. All their roster moves were basically designed to make them as close to a Warriors killer as possible. And they almost got there, you know? Um, But obviously you can't do that in baseball. You can't build a Dodgers killer because there's no guarantee you're even going to face the Dodgers. And there's no matchup really like you're not going to sign pitchers just because they happen to be good or match up well with Dodgers hitters. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a difference in how you construct teams in, in basketball versus baseball. But at the same time, like I, I do wonder with with Atlanta, if there is that kind of push within the front office or within ownership to be like, you know, it's like, how do they look at this? So they look at this as we came so close and fell short, but we'll get it next time because we're going to be healthier and every and like with this course still good or we have to make do everything in our power this winter to, to push ourselves over the hump make that next step to identify what went wrong and make sure it doesn't happen. again. And I guess we're not going to know until we see what the Braves actually do during the off season, but certainly nothing from the last few years has indicated that they actually are going to make that really big move. No, Although I think I will say, and I, and I know we'll, you know, off season again, we'll talk about during the off season. I do think that they should really consider re-signing Marcellus in a long term.
1: I, I think mean, I figured something. I other. would, I would be okay with it too. Um, it would be. I think, I think it'd be a bad luck to let him walk and Donaldson in back to back years. Well,
0: I think it'd be a bad look because who are you replacing him with? Even if who's available? I, who's, is- a, who's the
1: who's the one year option next year? Who who? I guess I mean you're looking at like Nick Markakis can slide right in, so you can do Pache, <laughs> uh, Acuna, and Markakis, right?
0: Well, I mean my, my assumption is gonna be that this is that this is it for Nick Markakis in some capacity or another and that Pashay Don't do that because team. now he's
1: gonna sign at in July. I've already told you this. Don't do this. Don't say <laughs> that this is probably it for Markakis. Don't do this. Yeah, I, won't, we can, I won't stand for it.
0: We'll we'll see what the Braves do. I mean, I do think that they're in a position where they can probably tell themselves, like, if we're healthier next year, particularly starting pitching wise, you know, things are things will be different. But, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. Like you you've gotta you got to go for it if you can come close. And the Braves are one win away, as you know. Like, and and it's really it's tempting and it's probably accurate to say that if they'd had that extra starting pitcher, they'd probably get that one win out of three tries.
1: Um, I don't know who they would go the, after. I, I don't. I, is George Springer? What, what what is his value going into George, next year?
0: The best the best non-JT Realmuto free agent on the market, I would guess.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm just curious what his market's going to be. Uh, he, he no, he'll a sign a multi-year
0: deal with somebody. He's not a one-year pillow guy, I don't think.
1: He, he wouldn't sign a one-year mega deal?
0: I don't think so, unless unless the mar The thing is, like, the, the signing that one-year mega deal is only because you you don't get the offers that you find appropriate. Mm-hmm. But you think, think he, he will. Be at least, I think there'll be at least one team to make him a multi-year offer that is acceptable to him. Who that mm. will be is a really interesting question, but that's obviously a much bigger discussion with regards to, um, what was I going to say? That's a, that's something we got again. We'll, we'll save it for the off season in terms of like who fits where, like free agent wise, you know, that'd be a, that will be a fun one. Cause I, I don't know off the top of my head, which teams make sense for Springer mm-hmm. or which teams would be most likely to sign him, but he definitely makes sense for obviously a bunch of different teams. And, you know, We'll see. Well, it's, it's going to be an interesting little debate as to... And I think that's probably something, too. It's like, who is going to be the Josh Donaldson of the Marcelo Zuno of this offseason? Who's going to be the big one-year guy who signs with a contender for just the one year and puts up just monster numbers?
1: I agree. Um, World Series, how do you see it unfolding?
0: It's, I really just feel like it could go either way. I mean, I think the I think the question is... I mean, there, there are a few questions that are obviously going to determine. It. One is can the Rays, who are not named Randy or Rosarena, actually hit? Because they really didn't hit against Houston. And I don't know if that's matchup specific or it's just that this is kind of a streaky team because I, you know, I didn't watch enough Rays baseball over the course of the season to get a sense of that. But I mean, obviously the fact that they can mix and match helps. But that, the Rays, and I think we've talked about this before, really kind of lack that, that consistent, at least aside from a Rosarena out of freaking nowhere. Really lack that kind of consistent superstar, you know, player like a Mookie Betts or like a, a Freddie Freeman, who when he's at the plate, you at least know it's like he's going to give you a good at bat. And which is not to say that there are race players going up there and giving you terrible at bats, um, but just that they don't have those kind of consistent performers where you're like, oh, I, you know, I feel confident in this offense because I know this guy is going to come through more often than not. You know, here it's like, okay, well, it it's it's it feels like it's kind of matchup dependent, you know. It's whoever happens to be in the lineup on that given day. And you're also asking a lot of guys who have, you know, some of them have good pedigrees. Obviously we're talking about like Austin Meadows is a former top prospect or, um, you know, a guy like Brandon Lau who had a really good season and would have been rookie of the year last year if it weren't for blowing out his knee or not blowing out, but uh, spraining it very badly. Um, And so on, like they, they have like high quality, good caliber hitters there. Is it good enough to keep pace with that Dodgers lineup, though? I don't know. Then on the other side of things is, well, the Dodgers clearly have the worst bullpen of the two teams. Because Tampa's bullpen is just oh, just incredible stuff. And the other aspect is, like, what are the Dodgers going to do for their non-Walker Bueller, non-Clayton Kershaw starts? Leaving aside the whole fact that Bueller is clearly not 100% because of his blisters. And that Kershaw in the postseason at this point is a, is a whole I don't even know. Like, clearly there is something. There is something. Something about the postseason does not agree with Clayton Kershaw, and we have a huge enough mountain of evidence to, to say it, it's, not, it's not just a narrative. It is just, the, it is just facts on the ground, coupled with the whole the, bra- the Dodgers bullpen isn't good and Dave Roberts, for some reason, doesn't seem to understand when to pull Clayton Kershaw. I think there was some Willie Adamas, I think they asked him about Kershaw, and he said, Kershaw is good. He just gets left in too long. That's been the problem so much of the time. Um, but, yeah, what are the Dodgers going to do in terms of their non and non-Kershaw pitching? You know, I mean, Urias obviously has been great, but, you know, do they trust May and Gonsolin? Are they, how, many, how, many, there's a, how much work is their bullpen going to have to do? How much does Dave Roberts trust Kenley Jansen right now? You know, what are the options beyond him and Blake Trinan, who did not really pitch very well against the Braves? Like, how are the Dodgers going to hold lead late? Because the the other side of that is the Rays. We we saw they held every lead late. I don't think they've lost. They, they didn't lose a game this season where they had a lead coming out of the seventh inning. That's not a team you rally against. And so, you know, for the Dodgers, it's like, okay, what can we do to equal it? How do we hold leads? All of this is a long way of saying, like, I really, I, I haven't even, I don't think, even thought about a prediction on this one, despite the fact that the series is starting today. Gun to my head. I want to say Dodgers in seven. Like, I just think they're the most talented team in baseball, but they really do have some issues with regards to the pitching coming up against Tampa. The one benefit for them is that the off days will return this, this series, which is huge. Um, They're not going to have to push their relievers as hard. You know, they'll get that little extra bit of rest for, for, for Bueller or yeah, for Bueller ahead of game three. But the bullpen should be able to get a little extra rest because they're going to be worked hard in game two in particular. I think I'm going to go with Dodgers in seven. Yeah, that's just what my gut's telling me.
1: I disagree, sir. Oh, okay. I'm going Rays in five. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. So I think if the Rays win, they win in a very short-ish series. I don't think they win if this goes to six or seven. I think the longer this goes, the more it benefits the deeper, more talented team. Um, so I think anyone who's picking like the Rays in seven, I don't really understand that line of thinking when I look at how this works. I, I don't understand that. So if you're going to pick the Rays, That's you got to pick it in a short amount of time where they just jump all over them. They're starting pitching, just outlast the the Dodgers starting pitching and some of the this bullpen stuff that you talked about. They just take advantage and they just do enough to win. Um, and they just annoy you to death. Like just the way they were beating the <laughs> we- Astros. In the first couple games last series.
0: They really are a team of the death by a thousand cuts. Yes. It really is. That's really their style. They just grind you down.
1: And I think what's going to... If I had to guess, my my prediction is that the Rays are up 2-0, and we're like, how are they up 2-0? I don't understand how the Dodgers are not winning the series. I think that is what we're all going to be looking around at. It's just like... Well, I think...
0: I mean, if nothing else, like... I
1: mean game 1 feels pretty even to me Kershaw glasnow but I don't think it's even. Sells- Playoff Kershaw? Is that even? Are you really betting on Kershaw over Glasnow in game 1? I'm betting on Kershaw. I'm betting on
0: Kershaw for the first 5 innings. Okay. All bets are off after that, but <laughs> um, I think I I think the big the big swing point is going to be game 2 because like I said the Dodgers just they're they're going to have to bullpen it in some capacity or another. Either they have to use I think they might approach it the similar similar way they did to Game Seven, where they have either May or Gonsolin open pitch a couple innings, and then the other one takes the next couple innings and maybe tries to be some kind of bulk guy. But that's not great. That's not that clearly has not worked so far for the Dodgers. And I don't know if it's because May and Gonsolin just aren't up to the task, or if it's just something I don't I don't know what it is. You know, I don't think anyone really knows what it is, but it hasn't worked. And even with the way Blake Snell is pitched in the postseason, which is to say, kind of okay, not great, but okay, I still think he's a better bet than whatever the Dodgers do in game two. And really the other trick of it is if Kershaw can actually give them both length and quality length in game one, so they don't have to use that much of that bullpen. Because if Kershaw gets knocked out early, or if there's some other, like, as we saw in the NLCS, um, with him with the bullpen giving up a lead late, and then they have to soak up innings, they're in real trouble for game two. Yeah, I think if the, I think if the Rays win game one, they probably win game two. And then I think at that point, you're right, that we're in a position where it's like, how did the Rays do this? And how are the Dodgers going to come back from it?
1: Yeah, and I think it's asking a lot to come back to back um, from the Braves and the Rays back to back. So I uh, and also this is Tampa Bay's year. The Lightning just won the Stanley Cup. The Bucks are in first place in the NFC South. Um, Brady just just rolling down there in Tampa. I think this is Tampa time. Finally, finally,
0: <laughs> someone's someone's out there for Hillsborough County, just doing it. Um, I did enjoy. Move this I to it
1: Montreal, was, motherfuckers. That is what Tim Bay it, is saying.
0: I believe it was the uh, the ever enjoyable action cookbook on Twitter pointed out. Uh, good luck to both Los Angeles and Tampa trying to end title droughts of respectively seven and twenty days. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like, one way or another, two of the major four championships. In professional sports in North America Will belong to either Los Angeles or Tampa Bay Or sorry, Tampa, not Tampa Bay uh, To Tampa, Los Angeles or Tampa this year That's kind of nuts
1: It is kind of nuts I,
0: I, I, I should say the framing of that being that Whoever wins the Super Bowl will count for this season So Who won the Super Bowl last year again? I
1: already forgot Or this, back in a million years ago in February is not it feel like we've gone through like four different sports Kansas City Yeah, it was Kansas City yeah, But like doesn't know. it feel like that was six years ago?
0: everything feels
1: like it was 6 years ago at this point so i oh, yeah, that's wild the super bowl actually happened this year um yeah. all right john taylor we have to run but uh it's going to be exciting game 1 tonight um thank you as always good friend and uh we'll be back next week Ooh, let's do it all right thanks buddy